Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yo, we're here. It's time for But Am I Wrong? What is this show, Megan? That's a really great question, Melissa. Thank you so much. Thank you for raising your hand, too. If anyone saw, Patreon. <laughs> she didn't raise her hand. No, you know what? I'm just going to lie to you so you join. It's a good time. Watch the video version. This is a podcast where we two people who have not once ever been wrong in our lives. It is quite literally a modern day miracle. Marvel, we are like being... Me. Yeah, exactly. And... 
you know, other people have on their driver's license, like organ donor, ours has, will be preserving their bodies for science to be studied for all eternity. And to that, we say, you know, whatever you need to do, do it. Because these brains, these hearts, and one of our asses is big. Also, I'm never going to die, so I'm not sure when this is going to happen. So, but it's no, there. no, no, the it's, information it's your is there. Physical human form, and then the alien form. Like you know, we'll just be we'll be hop skipping and jumping between um, mere mortal bodies. I just had on my Instagram five Instagram thoughts follow me at the same time. I don't know what's going on. Hot recognizes hot. No, they're like definitely bots. Yeah, I don't know why that happens. I don't know why they're here. Thought bots. Thought bot. Be in your Instagram stories and say, click this. You don't get I those. Don't see those. Uh-uh. They're literally I don't they're always replies? at the top too. No, it'll just be like who viewed your story. Uh, and it's all for some reason they figured it out how to get it to the top and it'll just be like ash cheeks and say, click this. That's what their name is. Wow. I don't know. If I, maybe I haven't noticed, but like mine is usually just people I know that they become mm. the top ones. Yeah, that's what I would think, too. They've hacked the system. Yep. Well, because we are never wrong with anything ever, we thought it was our duty, our government and moral duty to start a podcast, which is why, hey, you know, the men are going to start using this. This is my duty to start a podcast. The government told me to. And we talk about things in our own lives. We have three different segments. And we also talk about pop culture. We have some audience interaction. We tell you in your life when you're being wrong. But we will break down each one of those segments before we get into it. But really what you need to know is this is ethical shit talking. Correct. Consensual and with love public shaming and or tough love in the form of potential bullying. And Mm -hmm. bullying in the sense that's like, like a lowercase bullying. We want you to do better. They're helping you. Mm-hmm. Ethical bullying. People get so mad when I use bullying as a joke. And they're like, people have really been bullied. I'm like, bitch, I dropped out of college. I locked myself in a closet. Do you think I don't know what bullying is? We can make a hee-hee-ha-ha about this. They're like, please don't use the word bullying. When I'm, I said, like, you can't bully racism. People are like, I think we should pick a different word because bullying is a very sensitive subject. I go, I'm so sorry. When someone says you can't bully racist, racist, I'm never once thinking like, Oh, no, they're calling me like this. is. I feel really personally attacked by the, the bullying statement here. Nope. OK, well, should we get into our first segment? We should. But I should probably tell them one of the best parts of this podcast. Oh, you're correct. I apologize. Audience interaction. So, you know, we might have the end all be all the golden gavel. We should get gavels for the show. <laughs> and where we I say would love to have a gavel for a show. It's a good time. I would just need us to have like uh, we have to have an unspoken when we look at each other of when you're going to make the noise because I don't like loud sound. You don't even like loud sound noises either, but I really neither do I. I get very. I want that part that's usually like gold when it's wrapped around and the thick part. I want it to be pink. Cute. I think. Yeah. We can do. I could DIY this, or we could just buy it. See, and this is where if you are new here, you'll understand the difference between us. (laughs) One of us has contamination issues and the other has crippling ADHD. One of us loves to start a project, never finish it. One of the other one is big picture, efficiency, and effectiveness. I would love to trade trade brains for a day. It would be interesting. I wouldn't want that for you. Like, I wouldn't want you to have this. Because I think, like, if you had your consciousness still, you'd be frustrated. I want to know what it's like 
to just be able to talk. No, Melissa, it's overwhelming because it's like, okay, well, I want to experience it. I, you, you would have to, you'd have to drink a cup of coffee. Like you'd have to, like you'd have to do it if you're gonna be me for a day. This is our body swapping switcheroo. Maybe if we do the future film version of it, it won't give Mots as much anxiety as when a teenager swaps bodies with their mother. I just still can't get over it. Yeah, he, I can't. Yeah. I just think it's absolutely disgusting. So disgusting. And the, what I think about is when you go pee and you gotta wash yourself, wipe yourself. You're just sitting there wiping your mom's cat. Okay. Hard pass. I understand that she wiped yours when she was a ba- when you were a baby, but not a teenager. It's disgusting. Those are different. So, um, yeah, we want audience participation. And uh, that is our episode called Fisting Friday. It comes out on Fridays. And you we post all of the circumstances, situations, everything from each segment of the podcast in a like vote format on our Instagram story. And we put them in a highlight, but they also all go up at once. And you head on over and you vote who you think was wrong in each situation. And you can also write in about why you picked what you picked, you know, what you thought or your instincts. And we don't always have like 100% solid of an answer. Like we're like, okay, I think this, but maybe this, this, and this. So, you know, you can include that as well. And we read those responses on our Fisting Friday episode as well. And there's no hard feelings unless there are. So like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it unless you should worry about it. But most of the time, I'm telling you right now, if you're worried about it, you're fine. The people who aren't worried about it, those are the ones that I'm like, you mean, you know? People being like, please be nice to me. And you're like, why wouldn't I be nice to you? And then other people are like awful. And they're like, why were you not nice to me? I'm like, because you're awful. <laughs> See, this is one of those rants that I'm talking about. It just kept going and going. What's that? It's like a treadmill and you're trying to get off of it. And you're like, I'm going to fall and eat shit. That's what it is. That's how it feels up there all the time. Okay. And the manager is just high. Okay, I'm done talking. <laughs> Our first segment is called, But Am I Wrong? And that's when we pick a rant something from our lives or something that we're just super heated about that we want to share with you all and each other. And then after we explain, we'll individually vote if the other is wrong and then take it to y'all on that participation that Megan was talking about. You're up first. Wonderful. So mine is a a lukewarm take, maybe a hottish take, very topical. And my hot take is stop having audience cameras at award shows. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. In a generation where everyone's favorite buzzword is parasocial relationships, I don't need an up-close fishbowl kind of view into like how people react to other people constantly. Would I have said this prior to this year? No. And coming out with the the video reactions that we saw from this year's a certain award show, there were these clips that came out, and one in particular... I think once we've gotten this reaction clip, which is Selena Gomez rolling her eyes at Chris Brown being nominated, I'm like, needed. that's what I needed. My my cup runneth over. It is full. I'm done. We don't need to have these audience reaction cameras anymore. I'm done with it. It's so fucking weird. Like, and I say this is someone who like, I like Taylor Swift. Like, I've been a fan for a very long time. They like gave her her own camera. And I'm like, why? After what happened with Kanye at the other award show, like she makes a point to like she stands up for every person who performs like 
when people boo, like she'll turn around and give people looks like she cheers for everyone. She learns all of the songs that are nominated so she can like sing along because she so she tries performing for the camera. Well, yeah. Movable. I mean, so because she's very tall and very, very, very tall, very white, very blonde. Her can't thing really I can't shockingly. Um, and she's blonder <laughs> than me. Um, but like she people can see. So people from the stage can like she and she's seated always at the front so they can like see her. And so she always like wants to make sure that like she didn't feel like she couldn't. She thought everyone from the stage was booing her when the Kanye thing happened. She like couldn't tell if people were on her side. And like so she felt like, oh, shit, this entire audience is against me. And so she tries to go above and beyond for other artists, which I think is totally nice. But now people have made this and like these organizations have like made it about them. And I'm like, it's not for you and it's not for them. So like stop like and then. You literally see these clips and she's just like sitting there and they're they're not even doing a zoom lens. Melissa. They are a foot in front of her with this big ass fucking camera. She can hardly see what she's watching because they're there in front of it. And then it's like, OK, now you have to perform. And now it also doesn't feel genuine. And people are like, giving shit that doesn't feel genuine. But then if you're not performing and you're not having a good time, then people are giving you shit because you're not reacting the right way. Like people can't even if you're on Zoom, people are just staring at themselves, watching how they react all the time. So like, I just think that. We don't need to see, I don't need a live view of someone's, their reaction to like an hour and a half show. Like, I just don't need it. I needed that clip of Selena Gomez and now I'm good and I don't need anything ever again. Well, I mean, I need things like food and water, but like, I don't need that. It just feels like companies profiting off of art. Like just, it feels like another thing of profiting off of artists and not their art. It's like profiting off of like who they are and like their human interactions, like watching them interact with other people. And like, none of them are actively performing. Like you're literally just watching them have side conversations and you're doing this because you know, fans like this. And like, I don't think fans should be able to see this. Like, I think we should be able to like enjoy what an artist puts out when they're doing their thing, not like when they're just existing as a human, but like it just gets really muddied and it feels like icky. It feels like I shouldn't be watching. I agree because when I'm watching a show or any performance, I just want to see the people that are on stage. That's what I'm here to look at. And I get so mad when they cut away, when I'm enjoying something. First of all, you're already forcing me to look at it from a certain angle. I don't need close-ups to the people on stage. I don't need close-ups to the people off stage. I just want to see the stage and people putting on a good-ass show. And mm -hmm. that's it. I don't need anything extra. And I really hate when they do that. I was trying to learn a dance the other day from a music artist, and they cut away. Also, the song is very old, from the 90s. It's a Janet oh. Jackson song. And I had to find sent me down a rabbit hole which i did enjoy watching this yeah. and how the dance evolved at different places but i had to watch several so i could get it from all the angles because they kept cutting away and looking at people in the audience i don't need to see people freaking out over janet jackson it's janet jackson like just let me see her we know unless it's me in the audience i don't need to see it and also you can just send me that footage and i'll let you know if i want you to include it like this is just not an important thing. And the one thing that killed music videos specifically, but even award shows where they, they, they soft fade away and then they start filming one of the fucking amps and it's like blurry. And then it comes into focus. I go, that's an inanimate object. Like I genuinely mm -hmm. don't, I can just hop on over to Best Buy and I can look at what that looks like. Like, I don't need to see this. This just feels like, and it feels also insulting to like the fucking dancers, performers, like singers, yep. all of the people, like the lighting, like costumers, like all of this shit. I'm like, 
they spent so much fucking goddamn time and we're going to focus on what? Like, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. I don't like it. Me either. We have to quit after perfection. And after Selena Gomez gave that look about Chris oh. Brown and she posted on her Instagram story, literally said, like, don't care. Like if someone was like, this was me. And she was like, I don't care. That's all I need. It's Chris Brown. People are not well. Well, well, well. Speaking of well. Now it's my turn. What do you have for us? And I know the last couple weeks I've been talking specifically about work things, but I feel like they're relatable and one person's been getting on my nerves for weeks now. So here's my hot, probably lukewarm take, depending on what side of the aisle you stand on about this. Calling coworkers family should be considered harassment. I'm offended by that statement. If someone called said, like, we're your family, I go, that doesn't bode well. No, it's gaslighting and it's manipulative. If and I want to say, like, if you see a job posting that has the word family in it, run. It's a red flag. Get the hell away. Yes, you do spend a lot of time with these people, but a family they do not make. People say family as a way to make you feel proud of each other, proud of your work. So then everyone will perform high and go above and beyond. What is going above and beyond mean? If I'm going above and beyond, that means I'm not doing just my job. And if people expect you to go above and beyond, then they need to be paying you more because you aren't just doing your job. You don't need to connect with your coworkers on a personal level. When people say family, in most situations, it's either your actual family or your chosen family. And then there's this sense of loyalty that comes with it. I'm not loyal to the job. And I don't expect people that work for me to be loyal to this job either. You are here or there or wherever you work to get a check. You do your work well, do your task well, get a check. If at any time I'm unsatisfied with your work or at any time you're unsatisfied with doing the work, then leave. Like, we don't need to have a conversation about it. You're either going to get fired or you're going to quit. Something's going to happen. But if you do your job well, then just keep doing it. We don't need to have, we don't need to know each other on a personal level. Is it nice sometimes when you do connect with coworkers? Of course, of course. But it's not a requirement for a job. Families also support each other during difficult times. Unless we work together and we are actual friends and talk outside of work, then I don't need your support unless it's in any way affecting your job. If you're going through a tough time, just let me know. We will make adjustments, but I don't need to know the details. Just like you don't need to know the details on my end. Also, families can be dysfunctional. Don't bring that shit to work. We're here to do business. I've been at jobs where people will jokingly call the boss mom or dad. Don't do that shit. And then and then like the bosses. Yeah, on purpose. And then the bosses will be like, hey, kiddo, can you stay late? Again, it's a form of manipulation. There needs to be healthy boundaries set. We don't need to shift power dynamics that can be easily taken advantage of. It's irrational and people get burnt out. Also, it can blur the lines between your actual family and the people you work with. So when, you, like you said, a boundary, like every day I'm leaving work at 6 p.m. so I can be at, with my family. And then they'll be like, you're not being a team player with your work family. Fuck all the way off. The only colleague that I call family or say that we're family is Melanie because she's actually my sister. 
But even with that, I'm not going to say that in a work situation because that's going to take advantage of the situation. So in conclusion, you are not Vin Diesel. Leave the word family out of it. There's always room for family. I'm going to play this for months and this is going to change his life because maybe he'll understand it coming from you. But specifically, that last reference is that will hopefully ring true. I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. I, I also think in the sense of like people joke in the same way about like, you know, being trauma bonded with like your coworkers. And I go, so you agree. This is not a good family. Like mm-hmm. you're all being abused by like the same quote unquote parental figures here. Right. So like if I was the boss, I'd be like, let's remove this language because it does not end up well f- ever. Right. It's messed up. It's truly messed up. Yeah. Truly messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have for, but am I wrong? I have to say, I'm like a very, like, I'm a casual person. So like, I like talk to like people, like I know them. And so then when people will be like, oh, can you like do me a salt? I'm like, what? No, no. I'm, this is, I'm friendly. I'm not a push off. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not mm-hmm. the same thing where it's like, could you cut me some slack? And I go, should I cut you some slack and do more money for free while you get paid the same money that like you get what you, you're okay. Cool, cool, cool. Absolutely not. Well, well, well. That's the end of this segment. Now we're going to take a break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month. 
because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. from our break and we're getting to our next segment which is called but are you wrong and this is where you listeners write in to our email address but am i wrong pod at gmail.com let us know in 300 words or less the circumstance that you have found yourself in past or present that you would like our judgment on 
were you wrong in this situation? So we ask that you, it will be all anonymous. You can use pseudonyms in it. If you're going to have fun with it and like pick a, an entity to like name it after, make it make sense. Otherwise, um, we will think you're subtly letting us know this is about like brother fucker or sister wives or something like that. We'll, we'll, in, we'll implement the lore in there, which you might not want. And let us know your age the ages of other people involved and make sure when you're formatting it, let us know what you would like to know that you're wrong or what you think, if we think you're wrong about blank. So, hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm having a dilemma at work. I-25, she, her, reviewed my performance evaluation via our online work portal. We had this option, oh, we had this option or to meet in person with management. I have severe social anxiety, so I opted to read, my, read mine alone. I have worked for this healthcare company for six plus years. We have yearly reviews where they send out a questionnaire to multiple coworkers. Management reviews and takes portions of these answers and adds their own thoughts as well. Here's my issue. Under the team section of my review, my manager wrote that this is where I have major issues in, that I can have a negative attitude when tired or stressed, and I've been heard saying by my direct coworkers, that's not my job when it's to perform tasks. When I tell you, Melissa, I just read this. I didn't even know we were getting into this. Well, well, well. I've never said that. He also went on extensively about my behavior when I'm stressed or tired and how I how it can be hard to be around and that coworkers feel affected by this. The wild part is over the past one and a half years, I've made huge improvements in my depression and anxiety, and I feel like I'm easy to be around and so much happier. I feel hurt in a way and betrayed by my coworkers, who I also consider friends. Am I wrong for thinking my coworkers betrayed me? Am I wrong for wanting to distance myself from these people because I thought they were my friends and they're clearly thinking negatively of me? I care so much about what people think about me, so this has taken a toll on me mentally. I think this is a little more complex than just betrayal in the sense because I think like I would definitely feel without a doubt hurt by this and I would also have read it alone like I would not have wanted to go I would like want to see it on my own first before someone like telling me so I would just say that like this would definitely because this feels like like more personal than work related in that kind of sense where that would feel like "Mm, okay this is a little hard but at the same time what kind of review would you have rather had? I'm also might be showing my ignorance. Like I'm not like I haven't worked in a job like this. So what is a better review? Because if I think of like in terms of your coworkers or people who like you, if they have to say something somewhat construct, like, you know, not entirely positive, somewhat constructive, what's like the best thing they could say that won't like affect your job or your performance in like your completion of your tasks or the quality of what you're doing? In my mind, your quote unquote attitude when you do it is at like the least important. Do you think that's wrong? I think that performance reviews are total BS because as long as you're doing the job, then you're performing. As long as you're doing your job and the tasks are getting complete, whatever. I was once in a performance review that we had like, it had to be every month because I probably worked at this job six months. And I was being praised in my actual performance review. And then when we had our team meeting, the boss just got up and just took everything that she said and like turned it into a lie. She's like, yeah, the uh, your performance was up, but like something I forgot exactly what it was. But like I was hitting all my like going beyond all my cells that I needed to make. But I wasn't I was getting through the rotation of people fast. So she meant, so she was basically saying that like, if I took my time, then it wouldn't be as high as it was. What does it matter? I'm getting through everyone. Be as good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting through everyone. And 
every and everything's high. So everybody's making money. What's the problem here? And yeah. she was like happy about it when it was one on one. And then when she got in front of people, then she changed what she was saying. And so I've never trusted them. I think a lot of people also that work in the professional world agree with me because it's pitting people against each other mm-hmm. in a way that, as I've said before, unless I said minutes ago, unless you're hanging out with these people outside of work and they are your actual friends, they're not your friends. They're just people you work with. And so because this is essentially, even though it's not meant to be a competition, people are setting it up to be a competition. They're going to do anything to, because they can't evaluate themselves, but they're going to do anything to make themselves look better. Especially if you didn't even say these things, but let's say you said, this isn't my job. I'm not going to do it. Guess what? It's not your job. So you don't have to do it. It's all BS. And I just want you to remember that. Like, It's all BS. As long as you're doing your job and doing it well and doing whatever like the company needs from you that's on the job description, then you're fine. What are they going to fire you on? Yeah, this feels like a mind game. Like it is a mind game. And it feels like it's superiors putting it against like their employees in a way that like is make puts you in your place like constantly like makes you feel like Mm -hmm. not and it's because it's not like if something were actually you could use constructive criticism on like it would be an in the moment correction or help or something like that like you don't like sit on it like it's like therapy tells you like you don't like keep a checks and balances of your head of like arguments you get in and then bring it up quarterly like that's just like it's not it's it's not helpful for people like at all like that it's like more helpful if you see a behavior that's not good to like point it out in the moment so then people know what you're referencing but even with coworkers, it's like i think people can like melissa said like use it to make themselves look better but also like if you are a coworker who doesn't say anything negative then that can be like that looks bad on that coworker for being like oh mm-hmm. everything like and it just and it could be that like you know they have to think about like what's the best possible what would i want someone to say about me that still fits the like criticism. Like it still needs to fall into like a critique. So what is the one of that? So like, I think like for you, you took this personal and there are certain things that like, if someone said about me, I would definitely without a doubt take personally. Like Melissa said, you didn't say those things. You know, this is not true, but also even if it was true, that's not bad. So I think if you can like reframe in the sense that like, there's a chance that people did this to try because this is what they do. And like, this is how they review other people. Or they did it because this is how they wanted to review you specifically because they feel competition with you. But I don't think you'd be wrong at all for wanting to distance yourself from your coworkers. I think most people should distance themselves from their coworkers. So I don't think that's that's wrong at all. If you want to have a conversation with like someone, it doesn't have to be a coworker, but like about their a friend's review or if you have a mentor, like how they do reviews at their company, or I'm sure you could like look on Reddit or something like that. This is one of those like, workplace norms that I would really fucking struggle with. Like Mons told me about one of his reviews and like you have to like self-rate. And I was like, oh, so you give yourself like an A plus. And he goes, you can't do that. And I was like, what? Right. And I was like, I would have done like there's no like that's just not a thing that like I would have known. And like that's just like how some people's brains are built. Like it can be experienced, but it can also just be like I wouldn't if I had to give like a review for somebody else, I would only talk about like all the great, wonderful things they do. And I would write mm-hmm. it in a way hoping 
that when they read it, it makes them feel like good. Like I wouldn't write it not thinking they would, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just like how I work. And like, even when I was like, we're doing peer grading of assignments of that stuff. Like I would always do it like that. If they're like, they did something very wrong. Like I would talk to the teacher because I don't want, I wouldn't want that coming from me because I'm like, who the fuck am I? Like this is. And so I think that like you're, you might be wired a little bit differently in that sense. So I would definitely take it personally, but that doesn't mean that it's personal. So I think if you you can kind of get a larger sample size of, again, doesn't have to be people at your company, but just how these things work. This is just, I think, kind of one of those workplace, unfortunate workplace norms that is not in my mind and maybe your mind intuitive to like how, how you would go about this. So it's not what it says it is. And so that's what's hard to kind of, you have to suspend disbelief in thinking that like, you know, how would I give a review that I would like to get? Like, that would be ideal, but I don't know that every company is going to be like that. Yep. That's not a real place. No. And these people aren't your friends, unless you're actually friends. Trust nobody. Yeah. And if you have, like, friend friends. In the corporate setting, don't make friends with the people you work with. Because it's a competition. Then a promotion comes up and one of you, you're both up for it and one of you gets it and the other one doesn't. No, it's a lot. I find it a lot easier to make friends, work friends in a larger pool of something that's like an internship or like an assistant where you're all Mm -hmm. doing different and you're going in different directions. But once you reach like a certain like level, like that's it's hard and like that becomes psychologically hard for you also to like let go and all that. But I would say like if you have anyone who you considered like a close friend at work, you specifically said that like, you know, your depression, anxiety were like really rough and you have been working on it. If that you feel like specifically you're like, oh, cool, this person definitely knows a lot about me. And like this feels very personal in that sense, whether you want to talk to them or not. But like, that's the first person I would probably cut off. Like, yep. if you're going to make friends with people in work, do it with people that aren't in your department. And then that way, maybe you want to get a promotion, but not work with the people that you're working with. You can make lateral moves over to the other side. Yeah. But then you can't gotta be friend. You gotta start making friends elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. And be cognizant of like, are you share are other people sharing as much with you as you're sharing with them? Yeah. And so like that's something that like I'm I'm not like a vulnerable person, but I'm like an overshare, but like not to like an emotional level. Like I'm not talking like I'm like, oh, whatever, throw away kind of a thing. But sometimes people can be like, oh, this person is confiding. This is a serious. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like not that deep, not that serious. Like, this is just how I talk. And then, you know, people can then think something is more serious than it is, less serious, whatever it is. And they can feel like you might not notice that they think you're sharing something very vulnerable. It's not vulnerable. But yeah, they're also then sharing things that aren't vulnerable that you also think aren't vulnerable. But then they think they have this thing on you. Mm-hmm. The, this same place, it was such a toxic place and it was such a competition with everybody. But when I quit, they had somebody who used to like, she was friends with people that lived in the same apartment building I was in. And for some reason, she thought me and her were friends. I was like, I see you walking down the street. I didn't even know that you knew these people. Like, but you know who I'm. She's like, you look so familiar. Oh, yeah. And I was like, couldn't tell you who you are. You get that literally every time you leave the house. I know. And so she would confide in me about a lot of things at work and I wouldn't. And then they would, the people at work would be like, we feel like we don't know you. Why do you need to know me again? Cause I'm showing up to do my job because then when they know you, then they know how to manipulate you. And then when I quit, they had that 
person, even though we were on the same level, she was not a boss. They had her call me and ask why I quit. Was and be she like, not just con- I'm just concerned. I was like, she left this message. I, of course, didn't answer. She left a message on my voicemail, but no. No. And then also her and the boss were like friends, like actual friends. But then when they started working together, they started hating each other. And then she would tell me all this stuff about the boss. And I was just like, why do y'all feel like that you need to share everything? Because now I know personal information about this woman that I should know. There is nothing that gives me a quicker ick than when someone tell. I don't even have to like the person. But if someone tells me something where I go, that person would not tell me that about themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh-uh, we can gossip all you want if it relates to our, what all. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me something about someone, I'm not. Pre- no, 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 no. Because that means you talk about me like that to other people. Yep. And that's why I'm not telling you any of my secrets. Yeah biggest thing we feel like we don't know you i'm doing my work good good you don't know me (sighs) these the audacity of these people mine's the opposite people are like i really feel like i know you i'm like you don't know me at all they're like Mm -hmm. but you talk about me like you share so much i go truly you've scratched the surface people have sent me things they're like this reminds me of megan i was like nothing about this is megan no it's like when people are like you're very like you know pessimistic person i was like I'm like so not like I'm like delusional. I'm not like toxic positivity, but like I'm I would say I'm like a delusional realist in the sense that like I'm realistic about some things. You're like, no, no, no. Most of the time I'm like, I'm convinced everything's going to work out fine. Like everything's going to fall in my lap and everything will be fine. Like I am too. Well, that's and that is why I can only be friends with people like like it's so frustrating the other way. I'm like, what's the point? Because like Mm -hmm. it's all made up anyway. What the fuck is the point? It's all made up. Have fun. It's all fake. Have fun. Assume the best. Why assume the worst? It's all made up. All right. So here's the next one. My name is Melissa. Just a PSA to everyone. My name has one S in it. I need to know if I'm wrong about this situation with my quote unquote friend. So I, 29-year-old Mel, he, him, have known James, 30-year-old Mel, he, him, since college. We had the same major, worked for the same business, and attended the same graduate school. When I met James, he had got just gotten engaged to his now husband, Mark, 30 years old, male. I have spent a lot of time with both of them and attended their wedding. I have never approved of James's behavior in the relationship. He frequently complains about Mark to mutual friends of theirs and had inappropriate friendships that I believe were emotional cheating, etc., I distanced myself from him, but it was difficult as we both worked for the same company. It's all work related today. It is. And then he followed me to the same small, less than 20 people graduate <gasps> program. During our program, we had a voluntary month long internship that required a stay in a state four hours from our school that James and I both attended at different times. After returning home, James confided in me and another friend that he was having an affair with someone in this other city and they were sleeping together. Once home, he told Mark we had class five days a week instead of four and spent every Friday driving four hours there and four hours back to see this other person. The other classmate and I forced him to confess to Mark. Months later, they are staying together and in therapy. 
After graduation, I cut James out, but he thinks I am leaving him in his time of need. And since Mark forgave him, it doesn't make sense for us to still be mad. Am I wrong for cutting James out? No. Why are you friends with him? The whole time I thought that this was like Mark. Yeah, and then this, me too. Yeah. So now I'm realizing no, that you're this friends is all, with the problem. Yeah. And you have been. Here's my thing. And this might be a hot take, but. If you don't approve of someone's marriage or their relationship, don't attend their wedding. Because that attending someone's wedding is putting a seal of approvement on it. You approved of it. Mm -hmm. And then also, I don't think you're wrong. You cut them out of your life at this point. So you did what needed to be done. James can't just be like, well, Mark got over it. So why can't you? No, because you're just because Mark is okay with it doesn't mean that that is you don't that if you stayed friends with him, you would say that I have the same ethics as you and it's okay when you know that he's probably still doing this and he's a liar. Like he's a liar. He's not just like a cheater, but he's a cheater and a liar. And he includes you into this lie. That's the worst part, I think. That to I actually me, knew someone that did this. To me, when someone confides in me in something that I think is like so atrocious and abysmal and they say it in a way that it's like fellow comrade, I'm like, whoa, what did I do that made you think that like I would be cool with this or I'm on your side? Like that makes me have to like, OK, I have to reevaluate how I've been behaving in this friendship that made you think that like I was a safe person to share this information mm -hmm. with or anything like that, like. So I think that like you distancing yourself from him, that's an important factor in all of this to me because, you know, I think, yes, attending the wedding is a seal of approval. But I also think like maintaining a friendship with someone who is doing arbitrarily bad things that are also not specific to romantic relationships, like lying, like, you know, disrespect, like those are things like I don't value in my friendships. So like what other people do in their other friendships and their romantic relationships to an extent, sure, none of my business, but also kind of my business. If I know that like you treat other people poorly, I don't want to be an exception to the rule. Like I don't want also because like in my mind, I'm like, that's not permanent. Like shoes, other shoes going to drop or you're talking bad about me behind my back. Like I care about, you know, the people you surround yourself with are also a reflection of you to other people. But also like to me, myself, like you get if you hang out with certain friends who like you know, speak talk a certain way like have like a certain kind of like we used to call it camp like camp lingo like you're like you're coming back saying these same phrases like you become uh, an amalgamation of like the people you surround yourself with whether consciously or unconsciously if you're a bad person and i don't really know that i can then unconsciously become a shitty person until i'm snapped out of it because i blatantly see you do something really fucking shitty so i think that like you've gotten about this and all of like the right way and it's very clear that like he's following you everywhere and the the cutting off like Melissa said like I think that's the right but leaving someone in their time of need is <laughs> he doesn't need you he needs to work on his relationship and that has not there's nothing you do or whatever like you don't know but like he created this situation and I thought Mark what does he him. need what yeah. does he need if he's getting a more emotional support from Mark, his husband, and he's going to therapy and you've said that you don't approve of what he's been doing, 
What does he need from you? It makes me think that the relationship is not as strong as he's letting on. And he thinks if other people leave him for his actions, it will teeter Mark over the edge where he's already probably straddling of, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I shouldn't do that. But I also think that like friendship wise, if you see someone like people can do bad things and like you can look at them and be like, you know, I you're I think it's a product of circumstance and mistake or whatever. But like, again, we said this from the beginning, but like if your instinct is to cut someone out, you that's not your it's a it's years of backlogged of reasons why it's no one's really doing that based on one interaction. But you don't like how he treats another person, romantic or not. Like that's a very unattractive quality in even like like a work friend let alone yeah. like a friend friend. And it wasn't on, it wasn't just cheating. It was an ongoing affair. And that's and like what letting I you like. know about it and, and like letting you know, that's like a really shit position to put someone in. And also like you weren't even that close at that point. So like, it just feels like you want to brag about it or whatever. Like it just, you, he needs more people to be involved in his chaos. It's not just enough to cause the chaos. Imagine cheating having an affair and dry, and lying about school. I have questions about the taxes. driving four hours. It's actually eight hours total because four hours there and four hours back. I have questions about taxes. Cheat. Like uh, school, I don't know if you can write off, if it's like a graduate program, if you can write off your gas for TED Tech, like for whatever it is. But I'm just like, do you share finances? Like I, I would just like, how do you... So bold and brazen to that. Actual trash. Mm-hmm. Human trash. All right. You're not wrong. Not at all. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we'll get into But Are They Wrong? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. And we're back. Woo! So I would like to nominate Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher for writing their character letters for Danny Masterson. And this has been like a case that's been going on for a very long time. Um, The Cut actually has a really good article kind of coming from like the beginning of the allegations to even when the allegations became public and all because right now, I will say that Scientology is doing a real good job with the SEO of making none of the allegations or claims really anything more than a sentence. And it's specifically adding in a lot of doubt in people's minds because of it. So Danny Masterson has been convicted for 30 years to life, which is, when I saw was like shocking not in the sense that that's not what he deserves. He deserves more. Like this is on like Brock Turner got like three months or something like mm-hmm. it's just unheard of. And so immediately I was like, whoa, ha- what, what? Ha-? And I want to give major fucking kudos to the judge. The judge and this is like L.A. courts stood up against Scientology, which is not a thing like you can't do that. Like LAPD, <laughs> they've got Scientology. I mean, L- Scientology has LAPD in their pocket like They've got a fucking deal and LAPD and, you know, LA courts also have a long relationship and it doesn't favor victims. And so this judge really went for it and made and made an example in the positive sense of the kind of psychological turmoil and what happens when you abuse your power as someone who's a Scientologist and a famous Hollywood actor. But um, yeah, Mila and Ashton wrote character letters for it, which are abysmal, specifically the part that like I rolled my eyes so fucking hard was they're talking about how, you know, he really helped people maintain a drug free lifestyle, which is not just a nod to Scientology. Denny Masterson drugged all of these women. And so they're specifically trying to enter in like he didn't do drugs. And it's like, you don't have to do drugs to use drugs, to drug people and assault them, harm them, rape them. Like, it's just fucking irrelevant. They bring up his daughter, like, you know, since he's become a father. And when they Ashton ended his letter being like, and I think you'd be like a really a huge shame 
for his daughter, essentially being like, if her, his daughter grows out, grows up without a dad, like she would be a victim. And it's like the idea of potential victims over actual ones who have already suffered harm. This idea, it gave me it's the same fucking shit as, oh, well, if you get an abortion, what if what if you killed the person who's going to cure cancer? And it's like, oh, my God, like this hypothetical sort of shit to like tug at the heartstrings just pissed me off. And I was livid watching the whole thing and diving deeper into Ashton Kutcher's organization, Thorn. I've followed like and see a lot of people who uh, retweet and engage with a lot of sex workers and advocates on Twitter. And they've never been for his company. I am have a lot of red flags usually when it comes out with like against sex trafficking because I am against sex trafficking. But a lot of the jargon is used in a way to evoke an emotional response to a not actual threat without addressing like the actual threats of trafficking and specifically for children. And there's been all these deep dives that it's like he's doing it with like CIA and like his tech stuff. And it's all about normalizing like, you know, tech in the homes. And it's also anti any sort of like sex work. And it's not about decriminalizing. It's about, you know, not being for any sex work, even consensual. And then finally, I saw this Someone had mentioned on TikTok, I'm not sure who it was. I saw it from a couple people. I don't know who the first person to say it was. That like in the video response when Mila and Ashton are apolo- like, quote unquote, apologizing when they're like, we're talking about the guy we knew. Mila's like hella fucking pissed. Like he's acting like he's trying to be sad. She's like pissed. And someone was like, I feel like maybe she didn't want to do it. And he told like, he was like, come on, we got to do this. And she's mad. Which I think like there is a chance that like maybe she's she's mad at the viewers. She's mad at like she's mad at the people who are mad at them or she's fucking mad at her husband who has put this position because also like she was a kid on that 70s show. And I do have a I have more grace for her because she also ended up marrying the guy who was exponentially older than her. And I like I do in a lot of these situations, I'm holding out hope that she divorces him and she steps back from this realizes all does a lot of fucking work and you know co-parents but recognizes that like oh shit yeah this is not like a sunk cost of i did this so i might as well stick it out and see it through it's awful and there is a lot of speculation that's coming out from this now because (laughs) chrissy bixler who is one of danny masterson's victims who alleged victims who was one of the only people who was named in the trial who did not get conviction. It was like eight to four and you have to have unanimous vote. But if you had gone from still people were on her side that she was the girlfriend who had seen all this. She's posting on her stories about how Ashton Kutcher's girlfriend, when they were younger, she had been murdered. And there's uh, the implication in it is that Ashton Kutcher saw it left didn't say anything and called Danny and she was there with speakerphone and Danny and Scientology LAPD like walked him through what to do. And so then they let the roommate discover the body the next morning and that he arrived. I think they said like the he talked to her at four and then he arrived at like 10 50 p.m. and she was killed at some span of that, which we can, you know, for someone to sleep at night might make him feel better knowing like thinking that like oh she definitely was dead by the time I got there there's maybe not could have prevented you know maybe the guy who had done it like there's all of these different factors that like is no one's saying that he he killed her but not saying what you know 
in that you time is of the essence yeah danny wasn't the only person that he called that night he called all of his team Mm -hmm. but danny's the one that gave him advice also allegedly also i don't think they were it was his girlfriend i think they were just dating yeah dating i think he was picking her up for yeah a date date yeah because we're going to like an after party for something but even in the way the letters are written you can tell that like how all of the women who've testified against him like all of that how they speak about him is still how ashton amila speak about him in the sense that like he's the power but they're talking about it in a way that is a critique and this is not good but ashton Miller, are like no he's like the mentor he was like he led everybody and it's like you're saying the same thing but without the fucking perspective like this person is manipulative abusive and like you are entrapped in this web and you are doing the bidding you are participating in all of this and it just is like infuriating and makes me so upset and so mad um and i want to read uh this is a comment on i think on lily and jocelyn's video on their podcast talking about it and someone said from mel j steven or stefan they said victims can't get reduced sentences victim can't victims can't get paroled victims can't use character references to escape their abuse which i don't believe in the character references in in this sense because the justice system is like so fucking flawed and you could be completely innocent and have all of the most wonderful character like and it's not going to change it's a a matter of what they want to do and this is the only time i think we've ever seen someone who has been a sexual predator and a rapist for years be sentenced to this like level of it so like most of the time when we're using these letters, like Ashton and Mila's letters would have done a lot more. And I think that's the most like violent part of what they did, knowing that these trials hardly ever even go to fucking trial, let alone get sentenced. And you you know that those letters are so powerful that they do have a huge opportunity to sway all of that. And you're a celebrity and you're going to do that. And also these are a lot of the, like these are like women you've, known maybe not personally in like social circles but like this is all of the same time period like it just makes me like livid and like so upset and so mad like you could a family member a friend a close friend like a partner like could get if someone like did something awful horrible and someone asked me to write about like all the great times we had together no so fuck them also fuck house and habit the instagram account who's a just a abuser loving piece of shit um, who is just trying to harass Chrissy Bixler and other victims to further her agenda, which is pander to uh, misogynists and abusers to further her financial success. So I hate it all. Me too. Yeah. And not just those two, but a lot of their co-stars wrote letters and they also didn't think it was going to be public information. And so that is an issue in itself too because the same thing happened when fucking Tory Lanez I was about to say do you think that when that came out they were all like I think they were already on or they don't even know who that is either one but um (laughs) so swift with it (laughs) but like they did this because they didn't think it was going to be seen and this tells you what kind of people they are I don't care about your organization I don't Mm -mm. give a shit about your organization and what you say you do to the public what you do in private and the company you keep is far more fucking important because also yep. charities and organizations, major fucking tax write-offs. Mm-hmm. 
first time I signed with an agency, they were like, what charities do you like to align yourself with? It's a good deal business-wise. Yep. And it's not a bad thing, but you just can't look at it like this person is a, a saint for doing this exclusively. And therefore, mm-hmm. this uh, absolves them from any future wrongdoings. Right. And we also don't need to praise Topher Grace because I think, I mean, his wife posted something which was like pro-victim. So did Christina Ricci. So did Kathy Griffin, which that was a very impactful one on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But... uh I will just urge everybody as specifically uh, us as women, men are not going to be our saviors in this. And so like, we do not need to be like, this man sucks, but look how much better this man. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. 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 So I'm happy that his wife is speaking out. I hope he also speaks out. And I feel bad that he got the, I guess like reaming he got in the public. I knew nothing about this time of Hollywood. I didn't or know anything about that either. Irrele- like it's just but I asked like Moss and I think I asked Moss's brother and he was like he didn't really watch it but someone we talked to was like oh they watched all of it and it was apparently like f- in my mind <laughs> the comparison was like Lindsay Lohan Hillary Duff level like feuding and of like people hating each other not wanting to work with each other and all of that and so the press took one specific angle with it like yeah that was hard but he's also the only one who's consistently worked since yeah that's true all right my turn. I knew it was gonna. You were gonna do something heavy, so I did something a little lighter. It's not as serious, but it is serious because people in real estate disgust me in a way that, like, that they see everything as like building their investment portfolio. So I have to be coded about what I'm gonna say because this is heavily involved in things on the writer strike side. Even though this show is old as hell. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I'm ready to figure it out. Okay. So, a story of a lovely lady who... Yeah, I, mean, I know that. Yes. So, a movie... A, think of a TV show in the 70s about a blended family with three girls and three boys... And then they rebooted it in the 90s as a very funny hee-hee-ha-ha about the show where they were mm-hmm. essentially making fun of it in a smart way. And they had the theme song look like it took place over Zoom. Well, that's what I am referring to. So uh, Tina Trahan, T-R-A-H-A-N, not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. She bought... The house that looks that's the exterior for the house and is complaining about it and calling it the worst investment that she's ever made. So um, back in 2018, a TV network where they do home improvements, they bought the home and then renovated it. So it looked exactly like how it looked on that TV show. And so then Tina was like, no one is going in there to make pork chops pork chops and applesauce in the kitchen. It's a quote from the show. Pork chops and applesauce, you say? And so she said, anything you might do to make this house livable would take away from what I consider artwork. And so she lives in Bel Air. And so since she was such a big fan of the show, she was like, let me go drop $3.2 million on this house that's in Studio City. That is too much money for a home in Studio City. (laughs) Right. So when they were putting this house on the market after that home improvement network renovated it, they're like, we weren't sure how much to sell it from for. So we were like, was it going to be 
anywhere from two million to ten million because of the sentimental values of it. What? And so they landed on three point two million. And to some that work in this industry, they thought it was a bargain. But like I said, she said it was the worst investment ever because no one's ever gonna live with it. It's almost like a lifestyle, a life uh, size dollhouse. And I'm like, if you're going to buy something that's that much, wouldn't you want to live in it? But no, she thought like it was really going to be an investment. Also, her husband is the former chief of um, a big network that that TV show about the family and business was on cable network. So imagine you loving a TV show so much and you're just like. I want that house and you just go buy it and then you come you never want to live in it and then you just complain about having it and then you go to several news outlets and and talk about it and now you're just like oh I guess I'll just you know use it to have fundraisers in and charitable charitable events that's literally what she said I'm baffled that so does this person you said their husband works in the industry did she work in the industry I didn't see anywhere where because it said that she has does. she ever visited a set before? Because I'm telling you right now, like the books aren't real. Like the, the milk no, isn't real. Like all right. of those things. I'm like, this is like, it's not functional. And so like, you can't want to like, oh, this is perfect. The, the thing is, is that it didn't, it was just the exterior. And then the home improvement show. Yeah. But she bought it, it after that. Yes. And, but they redid it. So it actually like, it is functionable. But it's just like, who wants to live in a place that looks like the 70s like that? Like everything in there is from the 70s. Yeah. And also a lot of those home improvement shows, like it is almost like set deck from like a scripted TV show where it's like they're doing it quickly. Like things aren't, it's not necessarily of quality, like craftsmanship or of like Mm -hmm. product. So it's like, it's about the closest match, not about how well it fits or what works or what is like most useful. Like we're going for basing off of like a flat image to like match it. It's just, I'm, sh- I'm shocked someone from here or who like worked in like, or worked in industry bought it. Like I that's know. the most shocking part of all of it to me. Yeah. It's what, like why? And then you complain about it and you don't even live there. So that tells me she has like a portfolio of things that she just buys because she likes it. Do you think it's on Airbnb? It has to be right. She said that she just wants to use it for charity events. So I don't know. Oh my god! And if you Google it, the address is just there. Yeah, I can't believe they sold that for three two. They bought it. The Home Improvement Network bought it for five point five million from. It was in a family, which I'm pr- I'm happy for them because it'd been in their family for years. For the record, they're saying Studio City. It is technically North Hollywood. That resale value. This is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. <laughs> like, I wouldn't tell anyone. Like, I would like, there's no way. If a news outlet reached out to me, I'd be like, you have the wrong person. Like, I'm so sorry. That's not me. I didn't buy that. But like, who do you think reached out? Like, who reached, think no reached, one reached, reached out, out to, to her? Them. She reached out. She wanted to be, it's, it's being covered in the Wall Street Journal. Like, that's where the original interview was in the Wall Street Journal. It's in People. It's on Now This News. That's where I originally saw it. Like, it's everywhere. So I'm like, who was your PR person? Why did you think this was good PR? Did you think that maybe if you did this, then someone that was a bigger fan than you that had bigger pockets would be like, I want that house. This is like so embarrassing. Imagine like I'm a fan of some things like I'm a big fucking fan. 
But there are certain levels of fandom where like, keep that to yourself. Like, mm -hmm. first of all, you want to spend $5 million, $3 million on a fandom aspect? Do you. Don't do it publicly like that and then be upset that you did this yourself. Or make it like a museum. Like, when it's on one of those, the double-decker tour buses, those red ones, and they drive by, like, Hollywood homes, like, open it up and charge people to come into it. Yeah, one of the um, guys who lives in one of the paint, painted ladies in San Francisco, he does that. But like he like hosts not like through those kinds of tours, but like there are a lot of walking tours. But he also hosts his own tours where you can come to his house, pay a fee and he like walks you through everything. And he has like the history of the house and like mm -hmm. all of that. And that's definitely a much smaller niche of fans. Yes. And I as one who's a fan of that, like, I love those houses, but like it, it's a much smaller niche than mm -hmm. this is. Oh, the, the realtors have commented. On what? Tina has a great sense of humor and didn't purchase property as an income-producing objective. Uh, it's not an investment for her in the sense that she's going to flip it. She bought it with the intention of hosting charity events and to keep it intact. The house is a work of art. It's not a typical property. It's not a, liver, live, it's not a livable home with modern conveniences. I'm just like, as the, heart, the housing market as, it, market as it is. I'm happy for that family, though. Yeah. You know how like there's this whole thing of like, I feel it too, like if people like have these beautiful old houses or like of really of their time, whatever your style and taste is varies, but like, you know, something that is from the time and they just gut it and make it all like modern and gray and awful. I'm not for that, but I think there's a happy medium. Mm -hmm. I love a, a mid-century modern home totally. that has like appliances that look like they're from the time, but they're new. Like I've seen, there's a, beautiful house that I saw that they remodeled it enough where it looked like it was actually in Arkansas. Go oh, figure. I think there's a cup there there's some famous architect who does that and there's yeah. the museum there in Bentonville. Yes, but this yes, but I'm talking about this specific house mm -hmm. was in Little Rock, Arkansas and like they were just putting on the same family had owned it for years, but then they updated it completely. But it was still had all the characteristics of the old house and it was immaculate it was beautiful yeah like and i i think this is a little specifically a little crazy because it's the exterior home like mm -hmm. so they gutted it and then made it look like the interior which that home improvement show they did it because they could because it was content and they invited all the original kids to it like it was like a whole thing yeah like it was a whole thing you could walk down any street in North Hollywood and say, that's the Brady. You could walk down any street in North Hollywood or if they're saying Studio City and you're not going to be able to tell which house is which. Like, this looks like every other bitch. With love, mm -hmm. like, this is just a very, like, it's supposed to be a standard house that is nondescript from the out. Like, it's just supposed to be the everyday man's home. Mm -hmm. And like, there are so many of those houses that look exactly like that. And you could make your, you could build a whole house to look exactly like that for less money and live farther from the freeway. Yep. Anyways, thank you for sharing that. I literally have not even seen that and I can't wait to rant about it to Mozart later today. We hope you all enjoyed this episode of But Am I Wrong? If you have any insight, you have got like, oh, I have, I have some things to say. I have opinions. 
head on over to our Instagram and vote in this week's episode of But Am I Wrong? on our Instagram. Who was wrong? Who you think was wrong in each situation? You can let us know your thoughts and feelings and we can read it aloud in Fisting Friday. And stay tuned tomorrow to hear the results from last week. And as always, you can tag us in things. You can send us a DM if you're like, I'd love to hear you talk about this. And the same caveat we always say, if you're going to tag us in a video, please send a video first and then send the message with, hey, this is about X, Y, and Z. So we can know if it's something we want to open or maybe we've already seen. It could be traumatizing or it could also just be disgusting. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> people are like, hey, you hate, what was the one that they kept sending? Sprinkles. We just kept seeing videos of sprinkles. And we're yeah. like, I hate sprinkles. That Why do the I want to see a sprinkle video? <laughs> Looks like fucking wax. Don't get me started again. Okay. Well, anyways, we hope you all enjoyed and we will struggle back next week. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.